You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast episode 282 brought to you by Fandango, graphically and iFanboy listeners like you. GuyFanboy.com, Pick of the League podcast, episode 282. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with Ron Richards. Hi, Connor. And Josh Flanagan. I'm holding. <laughs> we'll talk about that after the show. My, uh, we're at Fanboy.com. We like comics. We read comics every week. We read a bunch of comics. This week, we read a bunch of comics. Yeah, there was a whole lot of comics. One of us picks the best one they read. They write about the website. They talk about the podcast and uh, other books of the week, other topics of interest. Other fun stuff happens. Sometimes we go off script. Sometimes not. Depends <laughs> on the mood. Depends on how hot it is. <laughs> Before we get to the show, a quick reminder and a warning. It's a review show. We'll talk about the books, so there'll be spoilers. If you haven't read your books, pause the show and come back. You don't want to be spoiled. You don't want to complain to us. You definitely don't want to complain to us. <laughs> so that's your warning. Ron had the pick of the week. And Ron, you poor bastard, you had a lot of books. It was a lot of books. A lot of stuff happened in the books. There, th- it was Things happened. Things, comics ended. I had 24 books, but three of those books were at least double size. One was triple size. So yeah, it was like equivalent of like almost 30 books. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. But it was actually it was also a lot of fun to read. And it was um it was it was there were some quality books. There were some not so good books. There were some books I had issues with. But ultimately, the last book standing for me. And it, it's it's funny how you know I feel as if I'm always justifying or or explaining my pick of the week kind of method, methodology. This week was the kind of pick of the week that I like to call the oh god damn it pick of the week because because I got to maybe two or three points in uh, the New York Five number four uh, by Brian Wood and Ryan Kelly maybe about two or three points in the book where I went oh god damn it I'm gonna have to pick this book aren't I. <laughs> and not that that's a bad thing, mind you. Arm twisted pick. Yeah, not that. Yeah, not that it's a bad thing. Like I don't. I'm not. You know, I'm not guilting, or it's not. You know, like or anything like that. It's just that it's like sometimes it doesn't matter what happened in Avengers or what happened in Brightest Day or what happened in Spider Man. Every now and then, a book sneaks up on you, and for reasons that are completely personal to you or personal to me, it's like, oh god damn it, because I just because because honestly. If, you know, at the end of the day, if comics went away and the comic industry falls apart and all this kind of stuff, I don't think I would truly, except for the X-Men, I don't think I would truly miss 75% of the superhero books I read, but I read, but I would miss books like the New York Five. Because the yeah these you have, have to get a job too yeah I know I'd be so <laughs> thank thank God I had a career before this Jesus um, oh shit <laughs> but um but yeah so the the New York Five is is uh, a black and white it was a four issue miniseries it was a sequel to a graphic novel that Brian Wood and Ryan Kelly did a couple years ago I've gone on the record several times about my adoration of of Brian Wood and Ryan Kelly's work I loved what they did on, with Local um, from Oni Press that was a twelve issue uh, miniseries that got collected into one of the most beautiful hardcover collections you'll ever see. Um, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. You gotta see it. Um, should have been should have been nominated for an Eisner. Should have won. Um, uh, Ryan Kelly will tell you that. Um, and uh, and then they did the New York Four together, which was a Minx, uh, a Minx book, the ill-fated Minx line uh, that was targeted for teens. And the book focused on four girls who were starting uh, college at NYU. And the first graphic novel told the story of their fir- of the of the fall and winter semester, the, you know, the first half of the school year. And then Minx went away, and and uh, the line got shut down. And I thought we'd never see these characters again. But luckily enough, they were co- contractually luckily enough. Uh, we <laughs> uh, Brian Wood and Ryan Kelly came back to do the New York Five, which was the sequel and was a four issue miniseries published by Vertigo. And it picked back up where the New York Four left off, and it. Um, and honestly, it delivered on every level that I would that I would want it to. Um, there are two kind of things going on here. There's one which is the story itself, um, which again is an example of you know uh, Brian Wood, I, you know, very quietly over the past couple of years, I think you know has shown a great range. What he's doing on DMZ, what he's doing on Northlanders, and then books like Local and now New York Four, New York Five. Um, he he has a lot of heart in his writing. 
Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of personal, you know, kind of triumphs and tragedies and achievements, and it comes across in all of his books. It's always there, but um, more even more so in a book like here, New York Four or New York Five, which is purely focused on the drama of these four girls' lives. Then on the other hand, you've got Ryan Kelly, which he's just, you know, and I, I forget, you know, we're putting a moratorium on killing it, but. He just killed it on this series. It's beautiful. I, yeah. it's, it's You look in this book and there's no other book that looks like this. Not yeah. just his art style, but the depth of each panel. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, in this issue, you open depth it... Of details. Yeah. In, the, in this issue, you open it up and the first page is a full-page splash page of a bunch of punks hanging out in front of St. Mark's Church in New York City. And it, it's, just, it's just perfect. It's just it just he completely captured that location. He captured the people there. There are little subtle things by like where like there's one dude who's kind of looking off to the right, you know, you know, like, you know, and it's just like very, very subtle. Um, he's not I mean, and, and what's amazing is that we've you know, I've marveled before, but we've talked about it with local with New York four and New York five. Um, his ability to draw locations and the settings are just unparalleled to anybody. Not only, and this whole series is a love letter to New York City, and I apologize if you've never been to New York City or if you don't like New York City or if you don't know what it's like, but, and, and it's tough for somebody like me and I imagine Connor and even Josh probably to a certain degree because we all spent so much time in New York City, we know it so well, especially me being away from it after living, you know, living here in San Francisco for three years now. Um, you know, I turn the page and I see, I, you know, there's a scene of uh, the main character and her sister sitting on a park bench in Prospect Park, and I know exactly where that is. Yeah. Um, you know, or you know, um, the whether it's the Washington Square Park Arch or the the Cube in Astor Place, or you know, various locations that are real world locations, even Sunnyside. Like and it. I was, I was gonna say there's there's no Queens locations. Yeah, no. Sunnyside. One of the girls is from Sunnyside. Yeah, and they go to and they go to Sunnyside. Yeah. Is that like her shitty home that she has to go back to though? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she <laughs> drops out to move back home to take care of her parents. But she she but, but no, but like she owns it. Position. No, no, but she owns it. She's like she's like I'm from she's like that's I'm that's I'm from Queens. It's what it is. You know she's you know I'm a girl from Sunnyside Queens. It is what it is. Like and it's and it's and it it's interesting because it shows how that's a good example of how much where you're from in that location, not just New York, but just in general, sometimes can define you and define your actions yeah. and define your New approaches. York, in New York, definitely. But he also all around, the, around, or I think around the country. I think that's true around yeah, the country. Yeah, it, but it's just so, uh, it's so um, concentrated in New York. The area yeah. that you come from is like, the, like how it can change you is smaller and smaller the more you get into this city because yeah. it's so concentrated and one area is so different from another. It was like that, like, like in England, you know, people would yeah. live like a village over and have a completely different accent. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, even the 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 subway entr- <clears throat> the subway entrance in Union in Union Square, like the, like it just it's it's just amazing how how Ryan Kelly is able to transport you to these places and you feel like you're there. Then on top of it, you've got the this is the last issue of this of the series, so you're thinking a lot of resolution. You, you know, it's the end of the semester. You're gonna see all four girls have gone through some sort of shit. Whether it's, you know, the girl with her sister and the guy, the, lo- the love triangle there, or the other girl who got knocked up by the older guy, or the girl who's got to drop out of school to go back to take care of her family. You know, the, all these varying things that are happening. But then at the same time, a, you know, a character dies. And you, see, and you see the effect of that not only on the main characters, but on the world around the, the, the girl who passed away. Um, it just, you know, each there was so much packed into these 22 pages and each page sang with such emotion and such heartfeltness um, that I just loved it. And it was just, it was just, it was just great. And I said in my review, I, you know, I, I want more of this series. I want this to be adapted into a TV show. Like this is exactly the kind of comic books I like, like the black and white kind of relationship kind of, you know, like uh, slice of life, kind of real people, real stories, kind of comics done perfectly. Um, also interesting, uh, just a little footnote is that uh, Jim Rugg stepped in and inked uh, some of the pages, inked, uh, pages thirteen to twenty-one. Um, burn. And really, really interesting to see how um, you know, n- not better or worse, a little different. You could tell the pages that Rugg worked on. He's got a cleaner line than Kelly. Um, I think Kelly, when he inks himself, he's a little heavier. Um, but it was really cool to see. Like, I would love to see Ryan Kelly and Jim Rugg collaborate on a book together like this, like a whole a whole issue. Because um, I really like the I really like the end result of it. Um, I was thinking that you you are probably never going to see another black and white vertical book like this. Don't say that. I'm serious. I know you're probably right. Yeah. Do it, mm. but 
like I don't I can't think of the last time they did a black and white book. I suppose they've done some uh like original graphic novels that are black and white and reprints, those you might see. Yeah. But you're not gonna see issues. Yep. I don't think yeah. again. It's funny, I didn't even think of that. Like I didn't I don't even notice that it, it, it's such a distinct world they created. I didn't even notice yeah. a lack of color. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying it in terms of No, no, I just, it's funny. I just didn't even notice. I didn't it didn't even register with that it was a black and white comic. That, that's yeah. unusual. Because that's how that's how rich the world that they create is. I thought this was by far the best issue. I didn't love this mini as much as I did the first book because I felt like it was much tighter. The first story was much tighter. Yep. Whereas this one was a bit all over the place. Um, but this issue, this final issue really really brought everything home very strong. The, yeah. The way that these characters grew apart, and then at the end, you know, the, the resolution of this is what life does to your to your friendship. Sometimes it was very strong. Yep. Just but the Ryan Kelly stuff is just gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought from a story standpoint, how it, like there was one point where he says, you know, this was our first year of college, and we were friends, and we might not ever be friends ever again, and like it totally captured that, um, and it captured that whole idea of being young and in the city and having the whole world in front of you and not knowing what to do and making bad decisions, and um, and then of course at the very end we see the the asshole guy that came between the two sisters um, get his comeuppance and you know, all the shit gets thrown out on the street, and of course there's a big frame Smiths poster, and I was like, oh god damn it. God damn it! It's like they're doing this comic for me, but um, um, but yeah, it was that feeling. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. Like that's a great feeling. And and if anybody you know is listening at Warner Brothers or in Hollywood or whatever, I would watch this TV show over and over again. Somebody with a clipboard's like, well, there's one. (laughs) So I just need a million more. Yes. (laughs) In that voice. What is that voice? It's. It's the, I'm sorry, it's so stupid I can't say it. It's say the it. advertising agency frogs from Muppets Take Me. Yes, yes, I knew it, yes. <laughs> well, Gil. This is Gil and Phil and Jill. In the suits in the diner. Oh, yeah, I knew I recognized that voice. <laughs> How about Ocean Breeze soap will help get you clean? <laughs> you know, I like it. Oh, Jesus. Ocean Breeze soap for people who don't want to stink. <laughs> Stop killing me. <laughs> so um so yeah, so in a week of a lot of happenings and, and returns and reveals and spoilers and all stuff like that, I went with my heart. So um and it doesn't look like anybody really got mad at me, which I was glad. So <laughs> I thought I thought for sure I was gonna get blasted, that's, but is that how we measure me. it now by who who doesn't get mad? Yeah, it's pretty that's, much how, how much for me. That's my area. How much shit do What's I get? Worse, mad or apathy? Yeah, I guess I'd rather did mad instead of apathy. Anyway. Those are both kind of my areas, guys. So United I, State 24 was uh, the big conclusion. We had two big conclusions. We're going to talk about them both now together. United State 24 and Justice League Generation Lost 24 both were the um, alternating every other week books. So these are basically, if you put them together, a weekly series, even though they weren't really connected all that much yep. story-wise. I, I thought, thought it was interesting that they removed the drawing the line at 299 on the cover of United State number 24. Well, it was a double size issue. I know, I know. I'm teasing. <laughs> um, so this issue brought. We had another last. We, we talked last time about a Swamp Thing's return. You know, he's he featured prominently on the cover of this issue, and this issue ended with the return of John Constantine, the Hellblazer, and uh, he says, I'm giving, you, "I'm giving you the two finger salute right now, buddy." Yeah. Um. So the, I I thought this issue wrapped up really well. I thought this. It, well, the only thing I didn't really like was that the art was all, not all over the place because they use different artists than they have the whole time, but it was very sort of jarring this time. Especially with a character like Swamp Thing, you can draw very differently from artist to artist. Yep. So there was the, you know, he, he, he Alec Holland is, is resurrected and they sort of reinfect the Earth with Alec Holland to, to make a new Swamp Thing to tackle the, the Blackest Night Swamp Thing or the, the Black Lantern Swamp Thing. The Necron. And so you see this great two-page shot of him, all veiny, and and you know as, as Swamp Thing looks with all the weeds and the the, the, the dirt. But then he, the, the next page is a shot of him punching the the bad Swamp Thing, but they look totally different. Yep. Well, th- th- this has been my complaint with Brightest Day throughout the whole thing. Is the and I know you guys told me to shut up and not worry about it, but like I hate not knowing what artist is is doing what, and 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 I the, the they were they've been able to get away with it because they've had different artists work on different characters at different points in time but in this issue everybody was in the same scene so it was, it was once it was basically yeah. one setting yeah, yeah exactly that that's, yeah. that's two different things that's not the same as not knowing who's doing it but it's jarring because you're in the same scene it'd be like if you're watching a movie and all of a sudden the cinematographer shifted and, yeah. and the, the actors act, were all the yeah. changed yeah yeah um but that that being said i thought this really encapsulated the whole series very well there was great emotional stuff there was big action there was there were big reveals, and I, this is this is gonna be my pick of the week. Um, this is the most satisfying. 
I, I don't know. I feel like there was still like like I I mean it was all right. It was good. I mean I was glad to see stuff get resolved and see stuff get moved. I still don't understand. Like I feel as if uh, Captain Boomerang got the biggest short end of the stick in this whole uh, of the whole grouping of the, the that bro- got brought back to life. It's, unless something was happening in a book I wasn't reading. Well, no, I don't know. Every well, every yeah. the thing was the Black Knight. All those people came back, and everybody had a purpose. Yeah, a purpose. They all had to work together to bring about um, the return of Swamp Thing to protect the planet. Yep. And in Blackest Night, uh, I'm sorry, Boomerang's role was to throw a boomerang at Dove to get Dead Man to sacrifice himself so he'd be, he could be dead again. Um, and yeah, and also cut Hawk's hand in half, which was gross. Yeah. Um, I don't like Hawk. I, but uh, I was just looking at the page wondering if he'd lose his hand. But all the characters came back. We thought with Aquaman and John, John Jones and Haw- Hawkman, although without Hawkwoman, which was a nice touch. Yeah. Poor guy, jeez. I saw people online getting mad about the fact that Dead Man and Hawkman were left in a bad place at the end, but that's the whole point of the fictional stories. The yeah. They're in a bad place. Sure. Um, you can't give them all happy endings. They have to continue on in their... In their... Now, this was the last issue of this series, mm-hmm. but the last page of it was, was a cliffhanger with, with Constantine back. Yep. Huh. It's pronounced Constantine in the DCU. No, it's not. In the DCU, it is. In Vertigo, it's Constantine. That's how we'll differentiate. <laughs> I, I thought. I thought. It, I thought it was interesting to see that you know his first line is suppose it was only a matter of time. That's a little meta reference, you know. Um, yeah, the great thing with this issue was Swamp Thing came back and killed all these oil executives. Yeah, that was kind of cool. <laughs> the fat cats, he killed the rich people. He showed that's up at a board meeting and strangled them all to death. Um, that's only going to drive up prices. Uh, <laughs> No, basically, it ended with all the characters being, you know, sort of reset. Yep. You know, and it's not so much a cliffhanger with Constantine, although it is because it leads into the aftermath miniseries. But it's hard. It's hard to say Constantine. Don't, don't, don't. It's easier to say Constantine. Everybody. It's Sorry, fine. Constantine's the vertigo. And Constantine. Yep. Um, you know, that might make it easier for the purposes of the audio production we're doing. Is <laughs> a, a, a little mnemonic aid. In that. That'll be it. So that I, I like that. I like the fact that it wrapped up the story it was telling, and then it put everybody in, in a new place to tell new stories, which is the whole point of. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and you know, Constantine's not a character. He wasn't dead. He just hadn't been around. Const- it's Constantine. Constantine. No, no, we're talking about Constantine. Now. Oh, okay, got it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, like having just read through a lot of that swamp thing, swamp thing stuff, like I can't say he doesn't belong there. And as long as nothing's happened into that other series that I love, you know, hey, it doesn't doesn't bother me. Yeah, it's curious to see what's going to happen with that now. Is that like, is that Vertigo series just going to go along, and he's just going to exist in both worlds? Like, I, I think we'll yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They say he will. He's he's back to being young Constantine in this, whereas Constantine is old. <laughs> yeah, this is very this confusing. Is... Justice League Generation Lost Twenty Four also ended. We talked to Judd Winnick at the Don't Miss podcast about this issue. And bo- he said he said it was basically one big fight scene, and that's pretty much what it was. Very very rarely have we heard a creator hype a book and it actually be extremely accurate in what he said it would be. Like it was a one big fight scene, and it was extremely gratifying and extremely satisfying. Yes, I think yeah. I think as a whole, this series was fantastic. This was this was the shining star of the entire brightest day year that we just went through. Um, and then when it ended with that Justice League International logo, I was like, yes. Although, is that Bruce or or Dick Batman? That's Bruce. How do we know? How do you know this? Bruce has the yellow the yellow circle. Dick doesn't have a yellow circle on his chest. Oh, all right. Yeah. Anyway, so but the book ends with Bruce's. Batman's reforming the Justice League International, which is awesome. Actually, when it's when it's uh, when it's when it's Batman Bruce, you say it Batman, and, and when it's Dick, you say Batman. <laughs> subtle, um, no, but this was great. I mean, it was great to see. I, I really liked Omac Prime. I thought that was really cool. Um, and to see Blue Beetle let loose like he did, and the fights were great. And I love I love Booster Gold. I don't know what, it, and I like Captain Adam too, actually. Um, and you know what was great is uh, about the the cover says Maxwell Lord wins, and yeah. he wins. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean, it's a very satisfying issue emotionally like there's a lot of catharsis you know b- b- the big punch of max by booster uh blue beetle shooting omac you know in the name of ted cord and just a lot of stuff that's like that happened but at the end of the day max won yep he they got him to basically r- fix everyone's memory so everyone now remembers maxwell lord but at the same time he still gets the upper hand and tells the world that they you know he's not a bad guy and, and the world believes him so. and that, now this rogue checkmate is floating out there and and who knows what you know i mean it's a threat and it's, I mean, it was great. I mean, it, it, it put these characters in a place where this wasn't just a one-off, and now we're going to build from here, which I can't wait, which is awesome. So, um, Very much looking forward to the, the, the uh, ongoing, which we, I'd heard rumblings about a while back, but I didn't know if it was true or not, and apparently it's true. Yeah, there you go. woo So last, last time, Amazing Spider-Man did not hit the mark. 
So are we back on track? Is everything? Uh, well, this one this one was interesting because um, this was uh, the story was by Dan Slott, but the dialogue was by Fred Van Lenty. And I don't know if that was I don't know if it was so much that or the fact that they revisited uh, the thing as Blackbeard. <laughs> from, the, from, like, the old, from the first issue of it, first yeah. issues of it as it or the fact that it ended with the sinister six r- r- revealing themselves but either way this was much better than last week even with the even with the ff people in it i think it's because they moved on to their adventure and it wasn't yep. that it wasn't dwelling on the emotional stuff which had been handled so well in fantastic four yeah i mean the, the, the funny thing is fantastic four or, or i guess ff you want to you want to say ff also came out this week so that would have been even it would have been even worse if that had happened yeah you know, yeah the last issue but um this was good. The only thing is, like, rollerblading girls. Is, I mean, roller derby girls has become, like, the new, you know, comics meme. Something. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like, by the way, I'm going to go on record. I don't like Carly. I just don't like her. Don't like her. They Say don't have again. much chemistry. Not at all. Not at all. And I don't get why they're together. I don't get, first she was this demure little, like, kind of forensic lab rat. Now she's a roller roller derby also, girl. Also, and like also, she's a cop, right? Yeah. She's a police officer. She's a, she's a forensic technician. Yeah. CSI. No cop is going to get a tattoo of Green Goblin. Yep, exactly. Even if you're drunk. Yep. Even if you're drunk and mad at your boyfriend and you yep. know he doesn't like Green Goblin. No cop is getting a t- tattoo of Green Goblin. Yeah, yeah, that was very unrealistic. That's very true. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I, I, this is more an FF story mm-hmm. that... Definitely. Than a Spider-Man story, although the fact that it ended with it was it wasn't uh, some big cosmic mystery that they were investigating. It was actually Mysterio and it's the Sinister Sticks. So, like I assume that pulls it back into the Spider-Man universe. But it's a it's a fine line to dance with Spidey being the FF in the, in Amazing Spider-Man. For some reason, though, it worked on this. I, I like Caselli's art. Uh, Van Lenti's uh, dialogue is always great. He really knows how to write the, these characters. He really knows how to write Spider-Man. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was fun. It was it was a fun book. It was what it was what I want out of Spider Man. So, right, well, um, Flash Eleven. Uh, first of all, this was originally supposed to be uh, Manipul, but it was Collins, and I just I I loved Collins in the back back in the day, but his new painted style just does not work for me. I, I'm just shocked at the complete 180 fall flat on a face that uh, Flash has done in a year. That we were so excited to have the flashback, and it was so great when it started. And for some reason now, I'm like annoyed by the book, like, which is tough because I'm a Flash fan. Like I, I, I love it, but like when yeah, you're right, like I don't like Collins's painted e kind of style. I wish he was using the older. It, it, you know, it's so no. stiff and flat yep. this way. Exactly. It, it had so much energy back when it was really sketchy. Yep. And that was perfect for Flash. And now it's like all these really static and stiff characters, which is the opposite of what you want the Flash book to look yep. like. Yep. And uh, and I'm sorry. Anytime. A character walks into a room and everyone's sitting around and gets told that it's an intervention. I was like, "Oh God, really?" I, you know, like it. it Although, I mean, but at the same time, they've been building to this moment from the very beginning of Flash Rebirth, which yeah. is the fact they haven't Barry hasn't dealt emotionally with his return. Yeah, yeah. He's still he's still sort of cutting everyone out except for Iris. Now, I was happy that was finally getting dealt with because you want Barry to go on that journey and finally get back with his friends, which is fine. It's just the the, the combination of the delays, the art fill-ins, the it's just it's it's tough. Yeah, well this is yeah yeah and and luckily I was laughing cuz the last page reveals the reverse flashes back and it says next the road to flashpoint ends finally. <laughs> the next issue is the last issue of the series and yeah. flashpoint happens. Yeah. Uh this is Does the does the the book not being as good as I know there was like a lot of delays but there's also at some point like they started driving towards this flashpoint thing so like did it lose its I don't think so, but it's just a story point. Some guy shows up and says there's a problem with the time stream. He's investigating it. So it's not really no, – for, well, no, no, for me – no, it's not their kids. <laughs> um, well, kids, kids fine. ruin everything. <laughs> um, no, well, actually, Connor, I kind of disagree because like the um, – I thought everything was plugging along fine. I love that first arc. I love the, 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 you know, the rogue cops from the future and stuff like that. Um, and then I, I think a lot of it was the delay, but when it finally came back – I felt like you know, like my neck, my neck, my neck snapped in the because the direction changed so quickly. Like the direction went from really digging what was going on to feeling like this thing was being I was being pushed in this direction. That's how it feels to me reading it. Like I, you know, like I, you know, and I understand that there's a bigger picture going on and it's gonna play play into it and all that sort of stuff. And you know, but and I just don't get me wrong. You know, I love Jeff Johns on the on the Flash. I trust him, but right now I'm not feeling the love. For me, I think it's most of the delay in the art, but that's, I mean, I can yeah. see your point, but I, I don't necessarily yeah. agree, but I can see it. Yeah. Now, so. uh, I, I think, I'm, I don't know if Ron's going to agree with me, but I think what it sound like, Ron, I think you're going to understand where I'm coming from. Okay. 
I picked up the Mighty Thor number one. I thought, you know what, let's, let's see what's going on here. And it's written by the same guy who is doing Fear Itself. Yep. Uh, same characters. Uh, but apparently they're working on completely different time frames. Yep. Well, I don't know about and, t- different time frames, but yeah. Well, but yeah. No, I just, where, where I left yeah. off with Fear Itself 1 is uh, Thor and Odin had a big fight. And Odin said, come on, we're all going. And yep. Said, okay. And now where the fuck are we? Look at you complaining about continuity. No, and, and here's the thing. Like sometimes it doesn't matter. Yeah. But but from a even from a business standpoint, it matters right now. There's yeah. a big movie coming out. But this is this big... is the Invincible Iron Man book of Yeah, this is the people are gonna go see Thor and this is the book they should pick up. Yeah, this okay. is so. I mean, Invincible Iron Man didn't it's, it's, didn't connect either back the, back then. It was it was meant to be a book that you could come off the street and sure. buy yeah. okay. after So the this isn't connected to Fear Itself. No, it is not. This is okay. this is on its own. If you had like, if you had listened to the talk explode I did with Matt Fraction, you would have heard him say that the whole purpose of Thor the Thor the um, the mighty Thor was to just tell a knockdown drag out awesome Thor story for people who were jumping onto Thor coming off of the movie and that sort of thing. And it you know takes place. I mean, technically, if you want to connect it to continuity, the end of Fear itself ended with Odin leading everybody back to the new As- to the new Asgard. And right. Well, there was all those things that had been left of, which, yeah. which by the way, is fine. And I could have totally gone with it. There's no fear itself thing on the cover. I yep. get that. But all the stuff about what's going on in Broxton yep. is where that falls apart. Right. Because that is very connected. In the same way that Invincible Iron Man was very connected to actually what was going on, it just yep. went at a different pace. It just seems like an odd decision. It was left a little confusing on its own. It's a fine Thor story. Olivier Coipel, very nice looking. Uh, there was There was a very funny scene. With the naked Thor and his little mullet, um, and baby Loki, um, it was fun. It was actually it was actually pretty good Thor. I think that that Fraction's getting better at, at writing Thor. Obviously, he's had lots of practice now. Yep. Um, so at this point, he's definitely in there a little bit. But um, uh, it might su- it might surprise you that I uh, <clears throat> I picked it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, ba- based off talking to Fraction on Talksplode, based off him talking about it, and m- primarily. Silver Surfer Galactus um, there yeah. always. Um, Koipel's art. This was a beautiful book. Um, I don't know if it was better than his high point on Siege, but he didn't reach that until like the third or fourth issue of Siege. So like, I let him get ramp up to it, you know. But it was still beautiful. It was his Silver Surfer and his Galactus look awesome. Um, some of the visuals with uh, the Asgardian stuff and and Thor and stuff like that were really good. The story, I, I just, I mean, it comes down to again. Like I'm not judging it, I'm not condemning it. Like the same thing, like with Superman. Like I, it just Thor's not for me. I just don't like the, I don't like the, 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 the speech and the, all that sort of stuff. So I don't think I'm going to stick with it. But I gave it a shot. I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. It was all right. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, it's kind of how I felt. Yeah, but I think it was similar. Similar how I picked up Invincible Iron Man number one. I didn't stick with it either. But. Well, as, as a jumping on point, I, I just don't think it's very good as that. It feels like I'm in the middle of something that's been going on, but I don't know what that is. Even though I was reading the thing that was supposed to be going on. And right. that's where, where it threw me off. Right. Uh, didn't feel like a jump on thing. Now, with Invincible Iron Man, I read it for a little while. I didn't get it. I went back. I read it all in one piece, you know, absent of everything else. It read much better. It was very good like that. So maybe it would be similar thing. But... When the Omnibus comes out in four years. <laughs> well, speaking of jumping on points, uh, Action Comics 900 came out, which is the first legitimate 900 comic from an American comic comic. <laughs> and... Uh, it's weird because in a book like this, people are going to buy it who aren't reading action comics. And people are going to buy it who aren't reading all the Superman books. But the, and I have a lot of mixed feelings about this issue. I liked, I liked a good portion of it a lot. But the first part of the issue, half of it is the story, the next chapter of this Doomsday storyline, which if you're not reading... Yeah, I, I had no idea what was going on. I think it's, I, I think we're all, I'm smart enough, most people are smart enough to, uh, to get into I understood what was happening. Mm-hmm. I have been reading the Doomsday storyline. These Doomsdays are, are there's Doomsdays. They're fighting the superhero, the super people. Lex Luthor's got some powers. I mean, I, I, was enough, I had enough to figure out where what was happening, but at the same time, it's a strange decision to make for such a momentous issue to be in the middle of a storyline. Yeah, the fin- the finale of the story. Yeah, it yeah. really felt like you could have taken out all the Doomsday parts, even visually, from the sort of uh, uh, confrontation that Lex and 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 was I having that super plot, the Lex yes. Superman confrontation. Even though I didn't know how it got to that point, yes, me neither. I still thought the back and forth between the two was great, and the fact that he had Lex had these godlike powers, and he reaches that point, that critical point he's always wanted to be at, where he is more powerful than Superman, and he he could save the world and make it a better place, and he chooses not to because he's still petty and jealous. And I thought that was a great moment of character for Lex. And it was a good culmination of, of the Lex Luthor story that, that Cornell's yes. been telling all along. Yeah. But then there was that other thing. I was like, well... 
It's just I, was a weird decision. I don't understand editorially why you would do that. Why is 900 a clean yeah. start? In this, in eight, in this with, with 899, mm-hmm. start fresh with 900. People are going to buy. We, we see from our pulls, people buy this issue who don't normally buy the book. Right. Yep. And it doesn't make any sense to never be the last part of a story. That being said, there was some good stuff. Besides the Lex oh. stuff, I, I enjoyed the. Uh, the the death cameo, but then the, the backups I thought were wonderful. Well, hang on. Before you go to the backups, before you go to the backups, can I ask an ignorant question? So I know who Superman is. I know who Connor is. I know who Steel is. I know who Supergirl is. I even know who the cyborg Superman is. Who, who's the other dude? The Eradicator. Oh, that's, that's Eradicator, really? The guy with the, the original. It's the original Superman. It's the original, you know, Reign of Superman. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It's so Steel, Eradicator, Cyborg Superman. I, th- I thought Eradicator was gone. I was talking about Connor about this. He's like, well, it's been going on in the other Superman books. I was like, what other Superman books? He, we were like, ah, I'm not really sure. <laughs> like, it wasn't very clear. Yeah. Uh, but I know, you know I, know I read that, one of the parts in the Superboy book, but I don't know where the other parts were. Yeah. Uh, not we, Superman, because that's where he's born. Well, regardless, that said, I, 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 read, I read it. I was able to follow along. I was able to, because I, I, I gave it, like, similar to that. Like, I don't like Superman. I'll give it a shot. I'll see what's doing it. Uh, it was a fine story. I really, really did, in, did enjoy the backups, though, a lot. Um, the Damon yeah. Lindelof story, if that's, I mean, that's early front runner for like best short story of the year so far. Yeah, yeah. Just from, a, from the standpoint of it being absolutely beautiful, Ryan Sook artwork. It's not, e- it's not even fair. It's not even it's fair. Not, like, yeah. what, what's he? Stop doing covers. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> it off. Look yeah. at these pages. I mean, oh, they're great. And, you, and when you start, you don't know who, you don't know who's who yet. Is you it, know, is it you a future story? What's going yeah. on? And then slowly you get the reveal, and it was a great, it was a great little short story. I like yep. the idea that there are all these diff- sort of different takes on on Krypton. Yes. Yeah. How, it, how it's a, how it's aligned, what they look like, what they wear, how they you know how they act, all that stuff. That's one of the really fun things. You can just sort of keep going back and playing with it. Yeah. Um, Big milestone oh, I, though. I love the little short three page Jeff John, four page Jeff Johns Gary Frank story. That was great. Yep. Told a lot of character and a lot of story in four pages. Yep, mm-hmm. and two of them don't have any dialogue. Um, I thought, you know, that was good. There's the controversial Superman renounces his citizenship storyline. See, for me, anniversary issues are usually like this. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually it's filled with a bunch of short stories with all-star creators telling little bits and pieces of this character's, you know, life or story, whatever. Just to me, that's what should have been this issue, not not so much the uh, the Doomsday stuff, but. You know, uh, that, that's that short story is actually called the incident, which I think is. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yep. That's uh, that's a big thing. So this month at iFanboy is another giveaway month. We do giveaways for iFanboy members, and we're partnering up with Fandango for some giveaways. We've got a bunch of different stuff to, go, to give away. But if you're an iFanboy member, which you can do by going to iFanboy.com slash store and, and signing up, uh, we give away prizes. We pick random members out of a hat or a digital hat and uh, <laughs> give away stuff. We do this a lot. If you're a longtime listener, you know we've given away lots of prizes, including one of my long boxes full of my old Jim Lee X-Men books. Uh, so, but this month we're giving away a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch of pro- random prize packs. You can go to fanboy.com. There's a top post at the top with information, but all kinds of good stuff. A lot of trades, a lot of image stuff, a lot of spawn trades, a lot of Savage Dragon, Invincible trades. We're also giving away DVD sets of the new Avengers cartoon, and we're giving away some movie tickets. Yeah, so uh, we're talking. We've been working with the folks from Fandango, and you know, there's a lot of movies coming up this summer. We got Thor opening. Jesus, this week, uh, this Friday, Thor, Thor opens in America. It's already, yeah, I know. We're an American-centric podcast. I'm sorry. Um, in America, My American citizenship. In America, Thor opens this Friday on May 6th, and then after that, uh, we've got X-Men: First Class, and then Green Lantern, and then Transformers, and Captain America. So you definitely want to go to Fandango and use that to buy your tickets in advance, so you can be there on opening night and get your seats. Um, and to do that, Fandango has uh, has stepped up, and they've given us four twenty-five. Uh, uh, Thor limited edition gift cards. So at the end of this month, uh, we're going to be giving away those uh, those gift cards to four winners. So four people will win uh, these limited edition Thor printed gift cards that you can use to buy uh, movie tickets on Fandango with. And if you don't want to wait for them, you don't have to because you can go buy the gift cards yourselves now. And you, they're great to give as gifts. They're great to use to buy your movies. Um, to buy Thor either. It's just yeah. on the card. Exactly. Yeah, you can use the card to buy any movie you like. It doesn't have to be you Thor can, at all. You could go see Fast Five. I'd be okay with that. Which I've heard good things about. Um, Yeah. um, But, uh, so, yeah, so so definitely check that out and make sure you go to Fandango to buy your movie tickets. And there's a uh, banner that's in rotation on ifanboy.com with a countdown for the Thor movie. Um, And we're going to be running banners throughout the whole summer. Um, Folks at Fandango are really awesome, and and they want to make sure that the people like us get to the movies we want to see, get our seats in advance. Um, So we're going to put a link on the show notes for this podcast where you can go buy your tickets for Thor as well as go buy uh, the Fandango uh, gift cards if you're interested in that. But... Um, or you can wait till the end of the month, and maybe if you're a member, you will win. And if you're not a member, you 
can sign up at ifanboy.com slash store, and there's a couple of different varying levels of membership. You can sign up for a little bit uh, per month or a little more per month, or you can pay for uh, per year. Uh, we got different levels there, so check that out. Um, and the only way you can win is if you're a member. So uh, definitely go sign up, become a member, join the ranks. Um, Captain America 617 did it again. <laughs> How so? Another one of those issues of Captain America that's awesome. Yep. And then you think, it's back. And then two issues later, it'll be bad again. But for this, for this moment in time, Captain America 617 was awesome. It was the, the debut of uh, Chris Somney in the, doing the backup story. So uh, you had, first of all, Butch, Butch, Butch Geis, or Geis, however you want to say it, was inked by Stefano Guadiano. Yep. And it looked great. Yes, it did. It looked so much better than when, when Butch inked it himself. Yep. Um, had a very sort of uh, Guadiano feel to it. Yep. You, know, you know him from Central and stuff like that. So um, yeah. that was great. That was the story of Bucky being in the gulag. And then the backstory, or the second story, if you want to call it, which first of all overlapped, which I thought in a very clever way, I thought, because in the first story, actually there was a middle story too by Deodata, which was weird, but a very short one. Yeah, the Black um, Widow story. Uh, then Steve shows up. So the backstory is with, is with Steve, drawn by Samney, and it was gorgeous. It's, it, if this is a, if this is a sample of what we're gonna see coming up with uh, Samney on Captain America, like I I got the end of it, I'm like, no, I want more. Like it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. So there was even little bits of his trademark sketch, heavy shadow style, in in, the, yep. in, in some scenes in this in this backup story. It was. Wonderful. It was great. Um, uh, Morning Glories number nine, I find really interesting. I feel as if every couple of issues of Morning Glories, there's an issue that strikes other people as like, wow, I really like that. And that was this issue for me. Like, I really like this issue for some reason. Um, very twisty. Yeah, very, very twisty. Very um, goes back in the past. It deals with one of the characters who has a twin brother. And, and it, it, I just, I just really, I thought it was really tight. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, really, really good. So, <laughs> what, what I say is anytime you want to put Jim Gordon, and Dick Grayson in a room with a big dead whale for eight pages. I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This is the return of Jock to Detective Comics 876, and it was, it was, this was great. To, this, no, I mean, like at the beginning, you're like, what's this going to be about? And then two page spread right away, boom, big dead whale in a hallway. And you get that, that thing where Jock uses that wide angle lens sort of perspective and he bends all the perspective lines and, and nobody else does it like he does in comics uh, and, and the whale's there and it's just gorgeous and then I mean I don't know if they would go to a room where there would just be a big dead whale on a scale but I don't care <laughs> it's, it's one hell of a vision how do you get the whale in the room then the, neither there's nobody else there there's no technicians they're wearing <laughs> street clothes you ever try to pick up a big dead whale and also the uh, uh, the, uh, the so they cut open the whale and a body falls out right across from our, our advertisement. Nice, <laughs> good placement. Out of the whale, right across from our logo. Yeah, but, Batman uh, and Robin are looking away from it. They're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but this was gorgeous. If you saw, if you went to the best league panels feature on iFanboy, you saw especially that page of Bat of Batman jumping out of the plane yep. uh, in multiple panels, spinning down. It was this was beautiful. This was some fantastic jock stuff. <laughs> uh, strange case of Mr. Hyde. From uh, Dark Horse Comics, I, I picked this. Basically, this is uh, Jack the Ripper and Mr. Hyde, sort of all into one story. It's a four-issue miniseries uh, from Cole Haddon and, and M.S. Corley on art. I, I love the art in this. It, re- it reminds me a lot of sort of a Guy Davis style, very line or, or sort of Guy Davis and um, uh, 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 League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Kevin. Kevin O'Neill. O'Neill, exactly. So it's a lot of that. Uh, the only thing that I would I would give is there's like a five or six page sequence, which is just basically the the main character talking to Dr. Jekyll through a prison door and there's some things that comics don't do well and a long sequence of sort of Victorian speech you know yeah. like it's fun in the movie but it was like alright a lot of word balloons and nothing to look at um, it's just a, a little bit of a challenge besides that it's, it's, it's just sort of an interesting different way of doing a whodunit on it and uh, it was pretty good wasn't Mr. Hyde in Thunderbolts last week? he was different Hyde, Hyde Th- no I know but just maybe in Marvel you pronounce it he day he day well, he's yeah. been he's been around forever, but anyway. Uh, Venom, Venom number two. I didn't love the first one, but I, this was this good. was talk about the good stuff. This was amazing. This yeah. it looked great. It read great. I, I loved how it threw you in. You didn't know what was going on, and Remender slowly revealed why what you know what the situation was, what was happening. The Venom running through the cave and all the bats being there, and F- Flash freaking out because the son- the sonar will freak out the symbiote. The symbiote. Mm-hmm. Awesome, like great use. Oh, it was just awesome. It was I, great. I, I, I just want, I, the only thing I would say about this is that it's really like we've been talking to Rick for a long time, and you know we're fans of his work. But I'm like, wow, he's he's really getting really good. Yeah. Like it was just a really good comic book. This, this might have been my pick of the week. Wow. Yeah, I really liked it. And cool. beautiful. 
Yep. Beautiful <laughs> Tony Moore art. Oh, you're not even kidding. Yep. It was gorgeous. Now, I don't know what that's, what's left to say about scalps other than <laughs> it feels like every three or four issues we say this was the best one in a while. I thought this was the best one in a while. Whenever you feel like it, sweetheart. <laughs> this was just uh. very time-bendy back and forth between – and this is basically all Red Crow and Dashiel. And if you enjoy that relationship, this was just, just one fantastic scene after another between the two of them. In a sweat lodge, you had no idea where it was going to go. Yeah, I'm like, is he gonna? Is he gonna leave the? F- is he gonna go? What's he gonna do? I don't. I still don't know. I'm. I'm wrapped. It's. It feel. You know what it feels like? It feels like the shield. Yeah, it's that same feeling that you just don't know what's gonna happen. You, or who's gonna at get any screwed. given moment, you don't know who's gonna do uh, what. And this and this issue ends off with, you know, Dash Shield has a choice to make: save the officer that we saw, officer falls down, who we saw in peril last time, or kill the man who killed his father. I mean, his mother, who was actually the man he's talking to. And he chooses not to save the officer, but to kill the man. So I, I, there's a lot of dark choices going on in this book. Uh, wonderful, wonderful stuff. And Secret Avengers 12.1 was Nick Spencer doing this 12, the point one issue. And I don't know, he's on three, for three issues or something like that? I, I, he's on the book. I, I know Brubaker's not coming back. I don't know if no, Spencer's... No, Warren, Ellis is taking- Warren Ellis is doing one issue with McKelvey. I don't know if he's staying. I don't know what the future of this book holds. So. Regardless, uh, Spencer should write this book because this was fantastic. This might have been... I, I enjoyed Secret Avengers, but this might have been the best issue of the entire run. I, I'm I'm this close to dropping this title because I feel as if this nev- this concept has never worked and it, spent, even Spencer doing it didn't save it in my eyes. I loved it. I thought it was yeah. fantastic. The idea that uh, a WikiLeaks style leak of all the all of their informers goes out, and they have to sort of run around and save. And save you know, they try, shoot, they have to save one guy, and it's, it goes badly. It was yeah. just fantastic. This was. One I don't know. It was all right. I just I just feel as if the whole concept is flawed, and and it's just it's just a sinking ship. But it's a superhero team. Yeah. No, I know, but yeah. Well, no, no, it's a superhero espionage team, and and Brubaker bailed on it early. You could tell, and it's and it's a bunch of characters who don't really fit together really well. And you know, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll stay tuned because I want to see what Ellis does, and and of course because McKelvey doing it. But it's just, this this didn't give me much hope. So not that it was bad. It was all right. I, you this know, is one of but, the best issues I read the week of the week. Oh, uh, they're wrong. Bye. Um, <laughs> I know. All right, cool. So those are the Josh books. Wrong. Those are the books that we read. Uh, I I didn't read. Um, Ron. Those are the books that we read this week. Um, but a shit ton more came out. Um, and a lot of you go to ifanboy.com/comics. You do your picks and you come back and you write your books and write your reviews. So we want to recap what the top five pick of the week scoring the iFanboy community are. Number five, Walking Dead 84 with uh, 6.1%. This is the big follow-up to what happened last time. Yeah, there's a big turning point in this one. I can see why a lot of people would have liked it. It was it was another really good issue, like a big philo- philosophical turning point. Uh, four, Lock and Key, Kings of the Kingdom, number six, uh, 6.8% interview with uh, the artist, uh, Gabriel Rodriguez on iFanboy.com. Number three, uh, Action Comics, number 900 with 8.6%. A lot of people uh, sampling that. Yes, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Uh, at number two, Detective Comics, number 876, 21%. No surprise there. And uh, this is a big surprise. Number one, Justice League Generation Lost, number 24, at 46.4%. Now, this could change by the time you hear this, but uh, that's still indicative. That's crazy. And no, it's interesting. Nothing for Marvel in the top five. Mm. And Marvel had a lot of product this week. So it is now, Ron, where was uh, where was uh, the New York Five on the list? Oh, it was I don't think you think it made it. It was one point four percent. There you go, not, which there is go. respectable. Oh, yeah, I, t- I take I, you, Connor. You and I, I take full responsibility for the Justice League Generation Loss getting that. But I mean, because we've been on that the, this whole series, and I'm glad that other people picked up and tried it. So. But um, but so to, to check in on the Marvel side, since Marvel wasn't represented in the top five, to take a look at some of the user reviews of folks who checked out some of the Marvel books that came out this week. And our first review comes from Jay Dudley, who reviewed Avengers 12.1, gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 5 out of 5, and less than 1% of you made it your pick of the week at the time of this recording. And Jay Dudley said, I think many of you will agree that this comic just screams old school Avengers fun, which is somewhat missing the less black and white universe, which most most of Bennis' Avengers work has seemed to dwell. And I've liked it a lot, and I've liked a lot of those stories too as well, just not quite what I want for my 616 six Avengers stories. Truly for anyone who may not enjoy most of Bendis' Avengers work but greatly enjoyed Avengers Prime, I highly suggest picking up this issue. You won't be disappointed. And oh yeah, Brian Hitch is in top form in this issue. It's like he's talking to me. <laughs> it really is. Uh, um, love the story. Love the feeling. Love the Ultron. I know where you're going with this. I, I don't see Hitch. I, I'm coming off of Hitch. I'm off of Hitch. Which yeah. sounds dirty. Yeah. But... Uh, I used to be a huge Hitch fan. I liked Hitch on Fantastic Four a lot. I liked him on Captain America, the the Lost Story, yep. whatever the name of that was, um, Reborn. But 
I, I just I'm starting to come to the point where I'm not I'm sort of losing it. I really I don't like I, I mean like it's I want to go back and look at his work when I first discovered him like Authority see what's changed but like I I don't think I've ever seen anybody draw draw Wolverine more offensively. Like I'm just like I'm like oh this I don't I like this Wolverine. You we can find worse. Yeah sure you're you're right. But um and then some of them, like there's one panel where it's like a close up on Steve's face and Ms Marvel's behind him and Spider Man and just like it just seems so stiff and posed and I don't like the. I think you're seeing a lot more photo referencing as well yep. now. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more noticeable even if it was always there. I don't know, but it's just yeah. a lot stiffer. I don't I don't like I don't like the white borders anymore. I don't like yeah I just, oh, it's just it's tough uh, it's tough so. Anyway, but it was a fun story, though. He does draw a good Modok. I'll give him that. Yeah, Modok looks great. Lots of good fun. The, the Space Knight leading to the reveal of Ultron, which yep. is setting up the next story, which we saw in the last arc. With, you know, the future, the battle with Ultron, which will. Yeah, I, I love the I love the the not the, not the Illuminati, whatever the the smart guys, the wizard, and all them. Yeah. Um, what are they called? Oh, crap. Intelligen- intelligentsia, the intelligentsia. Love it. I love that all these crazy genius guys who can't get... I mean, it's the same uh, mixture that Brubaker had in, in Captain America, Red Skull and Faustus and, and Arnim Zola. I mean, to see MODOK and the Wizard and and uh, all these guys argue, it just it's hysterical. Red Ghost, oh, it's great. So. I'm cutting you off. We're moving on. Yep. Uh, Resurrection Flan wrote in about uh, X-23, number 9, uh, giving the story a 4 out of 5, and the art a 4 out of 5. The pick of the week was, again, less than 1%. The main thing I want to mention is the tone of this series. I guess it, that's down to Marjorie Liu. As the book has suffered from a constant rotation of artists, it's unlike almost any other comic I'm reading. The closest thing I, compare, I can compare it to is Dollhouse. There's something so bleak and sad about the main character. Finally, this series finds an artist who fits in with Ryan Stegman, previously alternating between 90s super detail cross-hatching and anime cutie pie. Stegman is a great mix who renders the brutal action and character moments with equal aplomb. I didn't even know X-23 was up to issue number nine. I didn't even know. Yeah, I'm glad it's good. It's good, yeah. So, uh, it's, it's probably the dollhouse would be meaning it was bad then. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was an interesting comparison. It sounds like really they want it. to like it. They don't want to say something bad about it. Yeah, no. Well, he, he gave it a four out of five, so that's pretty good. True. Yeah, and Stegman's, Stegman's good. Stegman, I think, is going to be, he's a future star. Up and comer. Up and comer, yeah. So. Cool. Well, those are the books that came out this week uh, that you all reviewed and made your pick of the weeks. Go to ifanboy.com slash comics, do your pull list, and then come back and rate and review your books. Um, and it's always good to see what everyone's enjoying and to see what everyone else got wrong and what we got wrong and what got right and all that stuff. Because that's what it's about. It's black and white, right and wrong. But who's wrong and who's right. Exactly. Um, so we're skipping the emails this week because we had a lot of books and we had a lot of voicemails. Um, so no emails this week. And you might know that iFanboy is part of Graphically. Uh, we have a Graphically we have over 3,000 comics from Marvel, Top Cow, Boom, IDW, and more. Heard from somebody earlier this week that said, oh, I checked it first and there wasn't really a lot there. And I was like, well, how long ago did you check? Because there's a lot there now. Yeah. Uh, you can read your comics uh, from any sort of device you want, whether it's on the web, on the, uh, on the desktop app, Android, iPhone, iPad, whatever you've got, uh, all sorts of ways to read that, that stuff. Make sure you follow Graphically on Twitter.com slash Graphically, and then uh, Free Comic Book Day is coming up, and, and uh, we're going to take part in that, too, uh, on May 7th, which is uh, the next Saturday that you'll, after you hear this. Yep, it's the, this Saturday. It. It's this Saturday. Pro- yeah. Provided you listen to it in a somewhat timely manner. <laughs> if it's June and you're listening to this for the first time, I can't help you. Uh, so you can follow up what's coming up on Free Comic Book Day. Watch out this week. We're going to be, uh, be a announced. lot of free downloads there. On yeah, yeah exactly. Just I mean, free and Free Comic Book Day is awesome. Go to your local retailer. Check out the free comics there. But also, if you don't have a retailer near you or you want to get some free digital comics, come to Graphically. We'll be waiting for you. So. I, I think I we'll think be waiting just, with bats. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's that's a bad ad right there. <laughs> so <laughs> wait for bats. Go to graphically.com. You can learn more and again follow on twitter.com slash vaguely graph- threatening way <laughs> Yeah, kind of. So <laughs> it's it's the it's the implication of danger, Connor. Um, so <laughs> on to the voicemail. Our first voicemail actually apropos got a question about digital comics. Hey I fanboys, this is uh, Bill Scurry calling you from across the river in Manhattan. I have a quick question about digital comics and image. Uh, with the spate of uh, hot number ones that have just come out from Image, like uh, Blue Estate, Butcher Baker, uh, Jake Ellis, that sort of thing, these sell out immediately, and yet you can't find them digitally. Well, let me retract that. You can find Jake Ellis digitally, but it took a while to get there. Why can't you find them digitally and in print at the same time if the print run is so narrow? It seems that Image just 
has no interest in letting readers get their hands on these things, and they want a back-issue market. I need someone to explain it. Anyway, thank you very much. You guys are doing a great job. Talk to you later. So now by no means – I mean it's a, and it's a, this is a good question. I've heard other people bring it up and while we work with Graphically and we work a lot with digital comics, by no means can we speak for Image and nothing I'm saying is related – is from any knowledge of what's going on behind the scenes at Image. But – there, I agree with you. I think digital comics is a great way for people to try a new series, you know, when especially ones that are hard to find. But we're still figuring it out, and I give Image and the other publishers a lot of slack in terms of figuring it out because you've got a lot of things to deal with. You've got a lot the manpower that it takes to convert comics digitally, which we know firsthand is not like it's not just oh, just publish it digitally. Like stuff has to happen. Um, to make the comic available on these applications. But then also you've got the retailers, you have the secondary market. There's all these different things pulling in, and a lot of, a lot of people get pissed if a book is available digitally too soon because they didn't give the retailer enough time to sell it and all that sort of thing. So, but then if the retailer doesn't have it to sell, then you know, right. that's, that's, that's the difficult thing about this whole scenario. Yeah, the people who did order it feels like it's like a whole thing. It, you know, Image isn't that big of a company. Right. There's not that many people there. And then, you know, also, if you if it's image, it means it's creator owned book. So you've got the the, the rights. They, they have to deal yeah. with it. It's a whole thing. Exactly. So it's it's complicated. But the thing is, Bill, I get where you're coming from, and I totally agree. And I think hopefully in the future we'll go that direction. But again, it's so early in the process, and I think that you know everyone's still figuring it out. So I felt the same way about Marvel. Like yeah. I was like, I want to read Taskmaster. That yeah. should be on their digital app right away. Oh, well, that ha- yeah, that happened to me recently. Like, like everyone's everyone's talking about it as Secret Warriors is coming to an end, and that's something I dropped a long time. Like, I would love to just grab all that digitally and read it on the plane and just catch up and whatever. And I can't. The only it's, the six issues that I read and then dropped are on there, and I can't. Yeah, so it's uh, so. What are you gonna do? But uh, the other thing is to keep in mind we're very very it's we're very much in the beginning stages of digital comics. We're yeah. we're we're basically two years into it. It's, it's like a face off too at this point. Everyone's waiting to see who blinks first. Yeah. Who's gonna move? And it's like. It's just like a scene in the Quentin Tarantino movie right now. Yeah. So, not as much fun. Anyway, um, our next question uh, pits a scenario that I never would have guessed. Hey, guys, it's Dave Collins from DC with the question if uh, Metropolis was a real place and needed to have a mayor, and the three of you could run for mayor, what would your personal platforms be, and who do you think would be the, uh, the winning candidate? Thanks. Well, right off, Ron would win. Does <laughs> <laughs> anybody here knows how to play politics? It's certainly not me. Uh, and he would win. Uh, whether he's the best guy for the job, I'm gonna leave that up to you. Uh, you know, but at the same time, you know, what would my? I'd have his big attack ads. I'm like, oh, he can't get into Superman. How can he get into Metropolis? <laughs> <laughs> Campaign that, that's actually if I was running for uh, mayor of Metropolis, my first thing would be to play the Superman card. To be you know, like it's yeah. you know that and jobs. It's always jobs and education, really. <laughs> Where <laughs> is Superman's birth Taxes. certificate? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where is the birth certificate? <laughs> um, Kate Berthers, Connor. I would put my wagon on the Lex Luthor train. <laughs> <laughs> you get you get a lot of you get a lot of funding from Luther. You know, bald heads stick together. You see, but then I'd be like, you, do, how, like how can you trust Kilpatrick? He's a tool of Luther. I'm a corporate tool. I yeah. I don't trust a man with no hair. <laughs> hey, Luther was, you know, Luther was president, for God's sakes, at DCU. Well, and how did that work out for him? Not too well. Yeah. <laughs> he'll get, he'll, he's electable. Look, people have short memories. You know, Elliot Spitzer is going to run for mayor, probably. Oh, God. Jesus. Anyway, um, all right, so it seems that Superman's a hot topic this week. <laughs> this is our next voicemail. Hey, this is Jeff from Texas. Um, I had a question about Superman. Uh, I was, was watching Raiders of the Lost Ark earlier, and I was wondering if Superman looked at what was coming out of the Ark in Ark of the Covenant. Would he melt like those Nazis did? Because it's magic, correct? I don't know if that qualifies. Would Superman die if he drank from the uh, the wrong grail in in uh, in the last one, in Last Crusade? I don't know. It's it's messing my head up. Thanks a lot. I don't often say this lightly, but Jeff from Texas is a genius. <laughs> These are really good questions. That is a great question. <laughs> I think I think Hellboy would swoop down and knock him out of the way just in time. Um, That's an easy that, answer. So the, the question, the question, the only way to answer this question is to decide: is biblical stuff magic? Yeah. Or is it something else? Because right. if it's magic, then Superman's toast. Yeah, totally. But if it's not magic, and then it's, what it's, is it? it? The sort of natural forces of the universe in their celestial form, 
as they exist in the DC universe. In the comics, the go- ghosts don't. And as far as I can okay. tell, okay. the ghosts hurt Superman? Did he ever fight the angel dude? Uh, Zuriel. Zuriel. Did yeah, he ever he fight? He fought all those angels. Remember, he, remember in the in, yeah. in CLA, he fought those angels. He, he did. He wrestled, he wrestled the angels. So, he, so according to the DCU, angels and biblical stuff aren't magic. So that, in that case, he's fine. Wow. Suck it. The Nazis, wow. Melt, Nazis melt and... Lex and Superman and Harrison Ford and Karen Allen right off into the sunset. Wow, my my brain is blown. And what happens when he what happens when he drinks to the wrong girl? Nothing again. If it's if it's part of the same sort of biblical. Now what happens? No, what happens? He would, what, no, no, what, no, what he hap- would he wouldn't drink from the wrong girl because he could carbon date that shit with his eyes. Yeah. Okay. So, but what happens? What happens when he drinks from the right girl? He's he's immortal until he passes the seal. Him but, and them. Knight play cards for the rest of. The but, but why would he get to be immortal if he didn't? If the wrong girl didn't kill him. He's not going to make that choice. Yeah, he yeah he won't. He's not yeah. going to drink. He's yeah. not. He's, he's he's not plus, it's already immortal. Yeah, true. All right, all right. Well, Jeff's on Jeff's on a roll because his next voicemail is just too good to be true. Hey, this is Jeff from Texas. Um, I was thinking about this recent Superman storyline, and I haven't been following it that closely. Just what you guys have been talking about on the podcast, but it got me wondering: Does Clark Kent still have a job? Like, like what is he doing? Does anybody not know where Clark is? Uh, and also, it seems like Clark hasn't been around that much at all lately. Like, I can't remember the last time I saw a comic with Clark in the newsroom. I mean, it's just weird. Is that weird? Jeff Jeff wins the internet. He just totally, like, like did okay, I didn't read it. So did the JMS Superman walkabout start with Clark filing for a sabbatical? If I remember correctly, in the very beginning, so. it said he was filing reports from the road. So, like, he's... I think I think I think cause they haven't they haven't certainly haven't dealt with it. Is, <laughs> is that he is Clark's cover is he's on the road with Superman filing reports. <laughs> that would fall really apart really quickly. Blow the whole cover, especially since everyone else left because apparently Superman walking the earth is boring. For <laughs> our news cycle. So then he would be the he would be the sole source of information. Right. No he would also him. never yeah. appear to be there. Listen, they I, dropped that ball. <laughs> yeah, no, JMS totally blew it. Totally blew also, it. Also, when he was gone for a year in New Krypton, I think that was sabbatical time. You know, you got to be like the, re- the the reporter who's bu- who went to Columbia. He's got student loans. He's working his ass off. He got his job at the at the Daily Planet, and he's just like, man, that Kent guy's been gone for months. <laughs> you can think the HR people like this. This guy's taking a lot of sabbaticals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, that, that, he takes like one a year. That, that, that one reporter's figured out too. He's like, guys, he's fucking Superman. Yeah. <laughs> he looks just like him. I mean, seriously, he draws the glasses over Superman. He's <laughs> been gone exactly. Have you noticed? Superman was gone. <laughs> so was Clark. Then Superman takes off on a walk. There was Clark. Bullshit. No, but Clark. I was looking at I was looking at Straczynski's first issue of Thor, and like the first time they show Donald Blake and he's walking down a lonely road by himself. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, so if you think you can live up to Jeff's uh, example and come up with some great questions, call us on our voicemail line on 188-FANBOYS. It's 188-326-2697. And Jeff... Retire the voicemails now. I know. Jeff Jeff won the voicemails. He wins. Um, cool. So uh, go to ifanboy.com on Mondays and, and listen to the Don't Miss podcast, or you can go to iTunes and subscribe to it and subscribe to it because it's a great podcast. It's been great to see a lot of people mention on Twitter how much they're liking the Don't Miss podcast, so we really like to hear that. This week, our good friend Chris Neesmith is talking to writer Fred Van Lenti about the Taskmaster uh, trade paperback, which is coming out, which is a great miniseries that a lot of people uh, might have missed out on. So uh, Don't Miss Taskmaster coming out on Monday. This week in the U.S., Thor is out, so we're going to have a Thor special edition podcast. You can look for that probably on release date on Friday. Yep. Um, so check that out. There'll be discussion about Thor, all that stuff. All your your, your Thor one stop shopping will be at iFanboy this week. So listen for that. And in addition to our regular talk explodes and all the additional podcasts we do, and we're do and we're going to be doing our best to we're we're trying to sneak in where we can, but we're hoping to get a, a written review of Thor will be up on iFanboy.com at some point this week. So uh, if we can get into it early, we'll get the review out there and let you know what we think. So. You can find that on iFanboy.com where there will be listen. There's going to be some Thor articles. You know, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
You've probably seen some already. Uh, you can read Ron's Pick of the Week review. You can read uh, all the other stuff that goes up. Uh, really good content. We, I say that every week, but I, I think we're, we're doing very well. So there, I'm just going to say that. Uh, all sorts of comic book discussion and things going on uh, there. And you can find all those podcasts. You can find the Word Balloon Podcast. Good Word Balloon Podcast coming up, by the way. So yeah. just, just saying. Uh, you can go to ifemboard.com slash about. And you can see all the Twitter, uh, social network links and Facebook and all that stuff. Uh, there's also the video show. And last week, we were just, we were just chilling on the couch. Just talk about some books. Just some, just three dudes. That's all just it was. Nobody needs to know. Default. It's fine. Everybody needs to know. It's fine. There's nothing to hide. Nothing to hide. Next week, yeah, Thor. You guessed it. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're talking about we're talking about some Thor stuff. Uh, we we took a little different tack with it than, than we have some of the other stuff. So maybe a little information that that you may not have had, but some other kind of Thor thing you never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> As we mentioned, you can get in touch. You can get in touch with us by emailing us at contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two. Whoa, one eight 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 fanboys. That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. Or you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash ifanboy, and you can at reply us. We always like to hear from everyone there. So uh, get in touch. And finally, write a review for on, our, on iTunes for the show, for this show, for the Don't Miss show, for Word Balloon, for all the shows, for the video show, everything we do. We really appreciate it. Just pop over there for a second, write it on iTunes review. It helps people find the show if they're looking for comics podcasts and helps them know what it's about and if it, that it's good. Hopefully, you think it's good and that's yeah. why you're writing a review. If you're not, if you're not writing a good review, then then I have no. Don't do that. Yep. So you, tell your friends. Exactly. Tell friend. Tell friend. Like comic book. Like Facebook. Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so that was a packed show. Great week of comics. Looking forward to Thor this week uh, and talking about that and then all the f- other good It's going to be a fun summer. You guys ready? I had a flowers for Ultron moment there. <laughs> oh, sad. So, all right, so until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Still holding. <laughs>